The What to Know podcast explores best practices, innovation, and latest trends with industry experts with an eye toward helping you, the listener, stay ahead of the ever-changing marketing and communications landscape. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Strout. I'm the CMO of W2O Group, and I am uh, one of the hosts on our What to Know podcast. We've had a phenomenal day today. We are here at the NUCO Shift Forum. Uh, and this is sort of a art imitating nature moment because we actually have one of the founders of NUCO, Brian Monahan. Welcome, Brian. Thanks, Aaron. It's like to be here. Yes. And Brian also has a very cool new job. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about what this means, but he is the head of vertical strategy at this small little sort of social media startup called Pinterest. I'm, I'm jesting, of course. Um, Pinterest has become quite the media darling and is great for things like food. We just interviewed uh, Tyler Florence and, uh, you know, obviously it's the visual playground for businesses to do business small and large. Um, One of the things we have to acknowledge is we are both Hoyas, so I appreciate that. So starting with Georgetown and fast forwarding all the way up to, we'll stop at walmart.com. You're the head of marketing there. Give us a little two minute sort of history of Brian Monahan and how you got here today. Oh wow! Okay, so go- going way back, yeah. So uh, yeah, Hoya Sachs. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do this with everyone. But I figured we yeah. have to get the Hoya Sachs well, in there. So I was government major at Georgetown, interning on the Hill. I got out of school in '92. Got a job working for Bill Clinton when he was first running for president. They showed up. They said, "Okay, kid, you're going to be a media buyer." I was like, "Okay, are you sure." What's a media buyer? And so I wound up buying um, television uh, commercials uh, in the Midwest, and. Um, so that was my start, and then afterwards I worked on the transition team, was answering Hillary Clinton's mail, and then people were just, even back then, sending such nasty things to that poor lady. To be clear, that was mail, not email at this point. That's right, yeah, we didn't even have email, yeah. Um, and um, followed a, a girl, who's now my wife, out to California, um, and uh, got a job at an ad agency, and this internet thing started to happen, so kind of jumped on that. Um, I guess my first break was uh, with a couple um, friends. We started an agency little, literally in a garage out in the sunset, and this little online bookstore was Amazon, was our first client back in 1996. So kind of at the very beginning of the digital advertising industry, um, we grew that agency. I went to go work for The Man. I went to go work for the interpublic group of companies um, for 11 years. I uh, worked on a whole bunch of great brands. Uh, started the helped start the programmatic uh, trading desk, managed the emerging media lab, worked at Magna doing all upfront buys, so did a whole bunch of cool stuff. And then from there, went to walmart.com, uh, where I was the head of marketing uh, for walmart.com. So let's just spend a minute on that, and then I would like to get to Nuco and then certainly Pinterest. You know, sort of highlights, we won't go into lowlights, but maybe times you're like, okay, I'm ready to be done with this while you're doing your job at walmart.com, which by the way is different than Walmart, right? So you are competing with Amazon more so than Walmart, which is really the 800 pound gorilla in the room. So give us a little bit of background there. Yeah. So, um, uh, uh, when I was there, uh, Walmart had all of its e-commerce operations, uh, here in the Bay area. Um, but we were very closely with the stores organization, you know, to the cut, to the shopper it's one walmart she just chooses how she wants to shop the company um and it was phenomenal it's a, it's a, it's an amazing company actually uh we just had kathleen mclaughlin up on stage a second ago here at the nuco shift forum um talking about the company's leadership around sustainability and some of the uh sort of purpose-driven things that that company's doing which really uh resonated with me and obviously with my passion project here at nuco but it was a phenomenal run um learned a lot 
and uh, and uh, and just really respected the company. Oh, that's awesome, and I think you know what a great way to really get into the beast of e-commerce and, and understand now probably will help inform some of your current role at Pinterest. Um, rewinding to Nuco, right? So you and John Battelle started this thing, I think back in 2012, 2013. Yeah, yeah, it was, I think we when we were first talking about it, it was even earlier. I think you had 2012 on your LinkedIn, which is, yeah. I cheated and looked at that. I mean, I think we, pr- it was like 2000, even in the tail end of 2010, we started trying, basically what the story is, the true story is, um, we were just mountain biking one day up in Marin and, um, and it was sort of coming out of the 2008 recession and things were starting to get going again. And, um, and we were like, wow, you know, this, this sort of wave of entrepreneurial spirit here in the Valley feels different than past ones. And there were a couple things about it. Like one was the companies were using technology in a diverse set of industries, right? So it wasn't just like tech for tech's sake. It was, you know, in healthcare and education and manufacturing. We thought that was really cool. Um, secondly, it was um, very urban. So at that time, a lot of the companies were moving up from the peninsula into the city. And so there was this cool kind of like vibe starting to happen in the city more so. Um, and then thirdly was these, they the entrepreneurs felt like missionaries, not mercenaries, you know, compared to like earlier sort of run-ups. And we were like, you know, this is such a vibrant, exciting part of the economy. And it's kind of like hidden little gem unless you work for a big ad agency and get paid to take your clients around to see all the innovation in the, in the Valley like I did. Or you're like John Battelle, who's kind of a journalist, author in the middle of it all. Um, you don't see it. And so that we just really were like, well, let's create a way to expose and, and let people come meet these great companies and these very creative business people and go into their offices, see what they're up to, learn how that you know how they're trying to change the world and why. And so that was kind of where it started. And so that those festivals, as we call them, Aaron, have now grown to 18 cities and eight different countries. Um, we've met with over 3,000 companies in our festivals. Um, this time last year, we started publishing so we started like writing about some of these business practices we were observing at these new co's so that's um, shift.newco.co is our publication and then the forum which we're here today is the latest thing that we've started doing which is an executive forum like how do you bring together under one roof the executives at these large companies you know like walmart like verizon like we heard this morning and then some of these great entrepreneurs as well like how do you bring them together to really talk about how business can really drive positive change in the world you know make money be a successful business and drive real meaningful change in the world well and what i like i think you've created an atmosphere and and we've talked a little bit about this before of this davos like you know silicon valley and i think a lot of people I've actually heard mixed reviews at Davos. It's an amazing group of people, a little bit of a pain in the ass to get there, a little bit of like a, oh my gosh, there's like so many highfalutin things going on. This feels very approachable, but at the same time, you can't turn around without bumping into someone that's an amazing, like a Robert Reich or, you know, Steph Curry is going to be here a little bit later. And um, we just had an interview with Tyler Florence. So just like a really amazing group of folks. So business folks, you know, traditional Fortune 500, and then, you know, policy, um, you know, DJ Patel and uh, um, we'll see Robert Reich and I think Valerie last night and just so this amazing group of people. And I think 
the thing that I've seen, and I'm sure this is what you and John are getting at, is when you get with those sort of level of people thinking on a different plane, it really helps unlock a different sort of level of business sort of understanding and connections. And it feels like that's one of the things that you guys are also trying to achieve with this event. Yeah, yeah, well said. And, you know, Aaron, it's one of the things that we've learned, you know, this is our so fifth year hosting festivals. And like I've said, we've been all over the world. Um, in different cities, because it's not just a San Francisco thing. It is a city thing. Like it's a definitely there's and there's this interesting kind of stew that seems to be happening in cities where you you get this entrepreneurial flywheel starting to happen, and it's not just business people. Like it's this sort of healthy mix of arts and uh, culture and um, a p- engaged political system, right? And that goes alongside what we all know, you know, with a great, you know, university system pumping out smart people and capital, right? And like, you know, an engaged entrenched business company, uh, incumbent business community. So, but there's a very much of um, what we've seen is very much this, this interesting mix and stew that leads to a really healthy um, progressive business community that is thinking not just creatively about new business opportunities, but about creatively about the role of business in the community and in society itself. That's great. And like I said, it's just, it's an amazing event. And I have been to actually some of your new co events and we've hosted. And so I would highly encourage anyone, uh, you know, to host, to sponsor, to speak, to get involved, attend uh, all the above. So we, we really appreciate being here today. I would like to get to the Pinterest part because I think a lot of folks are like, yeah, the new code piece is cool, but man, I really love me some Pinterest. I know my wife is a huge Pinterest geek. She uses it. She makes boards for me for gift ideas, which I really like, kitchen ideas, recipes. Tell me a little bit about, so this title, Head of Vertical Strategy. I think if I read it correctly, it's like, you know, you figure out whether it's health or tech or food or wine or whatever, and then you create the right relationships with the right businesses. Am I barking up the right tree there? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're you're going up the right tree. So um, Pinterest is, um, you know, like a, like a lot of tech companies has been, you know, very focused on its core technology and its core user experience, um, and it's only um, now as it's maturing as a business where it's it's really starting to think about okay, how do we apply this and how do we grow and expand our service in new directions. Um, the interesting thing about Pinterest is. Um, there's no real um, division between uh, what's editorial and what's an ad, right? There's 75 billion pins on the platform. 75% of them actually come from businesses. And you can't really tell when you're using it, like which is uh, you know, con- commercial content versus just organic content. Almost nor do you care, right? It's like the perfect blend of social commerce, really. Nor do you care, well said. So you know, for us now, it's like, how, how do we start to apply this thing? Um, you know, it's great for food. It's great for apparel, great for home, um, great for beauty. But, you know, what's the application in the automotive industry? And what is it in the entertainment industry? And what does it mean for financial services? And again, the way we think of it is kind of what's in the interest of our users, our pinners, is also what's in the interest for our partners. And if we can, you know, bring real utility to help users plan. We think of it as, as a planning platform. It's where people plan life's big moments, you know, as, you know, as like a remodel or um, a new house or having a baby. And it's also where people plan small everyday things like, what am I going to eat today? What am I going to wear today? 
And it's like, so how within that planning platform do we actually make it apply to different types of industries and so we can sort of mature as a business? That makes sense. So if we want to use this podcast to help you, you know, as you go down your journey, like who are the people that you would love to be talking to? Who do you want to be ringing your phone or who do you want to be able to set up interviews with specifically, you know, at these companies that you're working with? Two things I would say, Aaron, and thank you for asking that question. I mean, so, so, so a couple things about Pinterest that I think are really unique. One is it's completely visual, right? And so for a visual world, um, where we're increasingly navigating the world around us through machine understanding of imagery. Um, I mean, that's Pinterest's sweet spot. At the heart of Pinterest is what we call the taste graph. And it's, it's how we take the 75 billion pins, these image files, with all the machine learning about like what those files are. But the secret sauce is the human curation of how those pins have been described, to what, how they've been curated to the different boards that they've been saved on, and then how those all interrelate to one another. So that creates what we think the ability to understand an individual user's aesthetic preferences, but it also gives us a really exciting way to understand image files. So um, you know, anybody who's really trying to think about visual search and sort of navigating the visual world um, is somebody that we'd love to lean in and partner with. Um, you know, the other the other thing, just, you know, I guess to make a, a plug for Pinterest um, is anybody who's interested in real growth. I mean, one of the things that was a frustration for me at Walmart.com in my previous role was we would be, you know, shoveling money to different um, uh, digital media partners. And while my um, return on ad spend metrics might look great, I wasn't actually picking up share. So in other words, I was paying for orders that I was going to get otherwise. And I think in the marketing industry, just to geek out for a second, we've gotten, we've gone so far down the path of only spending behind what we can measure, but not really critically interrogating how we're measuring, that we're, we're just doing things that aren't really driving real growth, right? Not really driving real growth. And Pinterest, because of we reach people earlier in this planning process. There's this sort of emotional discovery that happens on the platform. When you actually look at our results in terms of incrementality, in terms of household penetration or net new uh, basket size, uh, we do very well. So, you know, I'd be interested in talking to anybody who's also just getting frustrated with spending money that appears to be driving impact, but it's not jiving with their position in market and it really wants to get to the root of where does real growth come from, I think that's where Pinterest can help. And you guys, I know I've seen that you, because we've worked with Whole Foods and other, uh, you know, that are big on Pinterest. Um, you do have a host of business tools and a bunch of paid opportunities that I think feel very natural. So that's something I think everyone should check out. Um, we did see something very cool, which I can't repeat, so that which will not be repeated. But can you talk at any length about any of the sort of future of what you guys will be doing? How do you evolve? Maybe it's in the paid space or other spaces where people should keep their eyes and ears open. So on um, Pinterest, um, a pin is a pin is a pin, right? So when a pin gets loaded onto the platform, um, it's there. It's there forever. Um, you can choose to promote it. So that's our, that's our, basically our ad product is the promoted pin, which basically you um, pay to display it to certain audiences. Um, there's all sorts of exciting new tools around custom audiences that you can load to reach an exact person. 
um, there's different types of ad units. There's video ad units, cinematic pins. There's great um, real estate that you can use for storytelling on the platform. Um, and just last week, we actually announced our um, search product. So you know, half of the usage on Pinterest is in the browse feed. The other half is actually search, directed search. So um, we announced a partnership um, uh, with Kenshu. So you can actually buy um, ads on Pinterest, kind of like you would product listing ads on Google. Um, and so that's a, that's a brand new exciting feature that we've just released. That's awesome. So um, last two questions. These are sort of the fun, but with a little bit of business uh, intent, at least with the first one. I am asking all of our guests, you know, have you read or are you reading something right now that's inspiring you that makes you feel like, you know, yeah, I want to share this. I'm, I'm really getting this very cool lesson out of this. So right now I'm reading The Attention Merchants by Tim Wu. And um, Tim was one of the, uh, I think he's a professor at Columbia, and um, he wrote a book previously about um, net neutrality. Um, and so this book is a really, um, at sometimes biting analysis of the digital advertising industry and just how this business model so this ad supported impression click-based business model that underwrites the dissemination of digital content how it leads to all sorts of um, misaligned incentives and it's creating poor user experiences and fake news and all this other stuff um, and I think it's a it's a it's it's a really great I think call to arms for the industry to start thinking about like are we building do we have the right business model that creates the right type of user experiences that we're all really proud of. So I would recommend that book, The Attention Merchants by Tim Wu. That's awesome. So personally, I'm building my list right now of like all these very smart people and these are the lists I need to put on it. Um, last question, this is the fun one. Uh, I like to ask everyone, you're on a desert island. You have one album you can listen to in perpetuity, right? So not your favorite album, but your album that you know, it's like, I guess I could listen to this forever. Who is it and why? Um, boy and this is tough i've had a few people give me the top three but you know if you want to cheat you know patel actually just wrote a really good post about how so the corrupting influence of like spotify and sonos and how you can have like music in your life in more ways than you ever had before but it's eroded your ability to remember a specific artist and a specific album because it's just playlists um so if i had to pick one album I guess I'd go back in time a little bit and do like the clash London calling. That's a good call. And that is the hard thing, right? Although vinyl is making a comeback and I know that people like my daughter has gotten into buying vinyl. And so she's now re-experiencing the, the art of the album. And I've actually even on Spotify started going in and downloading albums so I can listen to things in their entirety. But you're right. There is a little bit of a lost art there. What, what would yours be? Ah, uh, see, you're not supposed to ask me this question. Uh, if a push came to shove, might be Led Zeppelin four. One of my all time but nice. there are so many good ones that I really, really love. Um, Rage Against the Machines first, you know, self titled album. Wow. Which is completely opposite direction and then another completely opposite direction would be uh, Beatles White Album, one of my all time favorites. Cool. And what about what about a book? What about a book you're reading? So, um, the book that I'm reading right now, which actually I'm only about 50 pages in, but it's the hard thing about hard things, I think by Ben Horowitz and, uh, someone mentioned it earlier. It was, um, Ryan. Yes. Leslie, uh, who spoke earlier today. And that to me, it's fascinating. And I love this art of, you know, 
why it is that the hard things are the things that you really need to do. And um, there's another one that I read recently, and I'm blanking on the name, but the ex- um, what was it called? The essence was how to simplify your life, how to focus on like a couple of really important things. And those essentialism. And that's the thing is it's like really stop doing all these things that are unnecessary and really get focused on the few things that make sense. And by the way, a lot of times those are the, the hard things that you have to do. Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing them. Um, and uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. And thanks to WTO for all the support of NUCO, not just like here at the forum, but over the years and being a NUCO. You guys are a NUCO, a mission driven company at its core. And I believe probably one of the fastest growing agencies in the West Coast. If yeah, I'm, I think that's fair. Thank you for recognizing that. Yeah, you guys have been on a tear. So uh, congratulations and thanks for having me on. Thanks. Well, thanks for spinning this around. So this is Aaron Strout, W2O Group CMO, host of the What to Know podcast, Brian Monahan, who is the current head of vertical strategy at Pinterest uh, and also co-founder of NUCO. And we're doing this live at the NUCO Shift Forum. So thank you, Brian. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Right on. Thanks, Aaron. Want more episodes of the What to Know podcast? We post a new episode every Thursday. Check them out on iTunes, the podcast app, and the podcast page at w2ogroup.com backslash what to know.